from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is a look at right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Greg Hoops Peterson filling in for Scott Seidenberg tonight. And great to be aboard with you. And great to have a quadrant of great guests joining us tonight. As we're going to be joined in about 15 or so minutes by Dave Tooley. He does a great job taking a look at a little bit of everything. The man tracks all that we get with regards to over and under trends. When it comes to sports like the NBA, NHL, list goes on and on very much a contrarian better. And we're going to get his thoughts on what we're going to be seeing with regards to the NBA play-in tournament. We're also going to be gathering his thoughts with regards to the Masters as well. Scotty Scheffler, he winds up getting the job done. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. And later on this hour, we're also going to be joined by Dwayne Colucci. He is over there at the Rampart Race and Sportsbook, one of the most friendly men you're going to find in Las Vegas, by the way. He's going to be joining me. We're going to be talking about just how good slash bad things were for the books with regards to Masters. I have a feeling that... They lost a little bit of money with Tiger Woods being able to make the cut. So we're going to have some fun there. And then our number two, we're going to be joined by Holden Kushner. He does the city cast for the city of Denver. He's going to be joining me. We're going to be taking a look at a little bit of NBA because as we know, Nuggets are going to be playing in the playoffs. So we're going to be chatting about that and so much more. And then in the final hour, we're going to get a little bit of a Philadelphia 76ers perspective from Ryan Rossi. He does the Philadelphia City Cast for us over here at VEASAN. And if you're ever looking for any of those podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, list goes on and on. We've got you all covered there. And we got you covered with three hours of fun because we wound up seeing a Masters Sunday. You're going to get my thoughts there. How we should be just gauging the dominance that we've been seeing from Scott. Scheffler recently came in the number one and he did nothing to really be able to knock that as he winds up being able to win this tournament very comfortably. Give him a lot of credit there. We're going to be talking about fact that the NBA postseason is now set and baseball in full swing as well. Right now, as I wind up doing this show, we've actually got the Yankees and the Red Sox in a one-run game. So lots to talk about. I know that many people after college basketball is done is wondering, oh, what do we wind up taking a look at? Well, for me, it's a little bit more baseball. For other folks, it is the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs, different strokes for different folks, but you've got a little bit of everything going on. One of the best times of year for sports in general, because then you wind up hitting the June, July, August months, and there isn't a whole heck of a lot until you wind up getting the NFL season going. But how about if we wind up taking a look at what we wind up getting for the Masters and turning it forward? Because obviously, first major of the year, aside from when we wind up having COVID-19, that would be the Masters. And Scotty Scheffler, very comfortable win, three strokes clear of 
Rory McIlroy, who if you wound up having a ticket on him, being able to make the top five, what have you, boy, you were happy about the way that he wanted coming out. He wound up shooting a 64 in the final round. Nobody else shot better than a 67. So I can give Rory McIlroy a lot of credit. A little bit too little, too late, but a Herculean round that we wound up seeing on Sunday. But Scheffler wins this one going away. He wound up having a big lead going into the weekend. And here in the weekend, he didn't necessarily go scorched earth or anything like that. Round three is 71. Today, a 71, but did enough to be able to get it done and get it done comfortably. A 10 under par. So he is able to win his fourth tournament really in the last three or so months. So Scotty Scheffler, he gets it done. And then if you're taking a look at a lot of the top fives, Cameron Smith didn't necessarily have the world's greatest day, but if you wanted to have a top five on him, he was still able to get there for you. He and Shane Lowry tried at minus five and then Colin Morikawa, he rounded out the top five. He wanted to have a big day as well. A minus 467. And that's what you got to love with regards to being able to throw the betting aspect in with regards to golf. Because typically when you wind up taking a look at it from a normal, I guess you call it more of a fan perspective. You just focus on the fact that Scotty Shuffler wanted winning running, wanted winning going away. But when you wind up getting down into the nitty gritty, you're able to take a look at some of those guys that were able to sneak in there with regards to a top 10. Someone like a Justin Thomas being able to do just enough to be able to get it done as you wind up having a trio of birdies in the final five holes to be able to get that done as he winds up with a minus one. And you just take a look at the landscape of golf. And what I've really been noticing is that you just wind up having runs from a lot of these guys in recent years. Now, there's the Tiger Woods aspect of it. We're going to be hitting upon that in a minute. But you just take a look at some of the top contenders. It feels like every, we're going to call it maybe more like six months, there's just one guy that winds going on a very nice run. They're able to put a couple wins together, and it's been sort of cyclical because, I mean, a few years ago, this is a little bit more like six, seven years ago, but Rory McIlroy, he wound up really being able to go on his run. Jordan Spieth a few years ago as well. He was winning quite a few majors. Right now we're seeing Scotty Scheffler really coming into his zone. You wind up seeing towards the, I guess you call it middle of 2020, Colin Morikawa. He was able to put together a nice run as well. Bryson DeChambeau, he never really wound up having a bunch of wins, but wound up having a bunch of top fives. He was really looking like that trendy guy. And I do think that golf as a result is now in very, very good hands. You've got so many guys that just week in and week out, they're able to compete. So many years ago, it was Tiger versus a field. And now you got the Tiger Woods aspect back a little bit more. No question he's not going to be playing in a lot of these tournaments like the Shell Houston Open or anything like that. But just being able to have them out there, being able to get him on the course, that's very solid. And for anyone that's going to be looking to bet Tiger Woods, I do think that the big takeaway from this tournament is that Tiger wound up being able to look a little bit like vintage Tiger in that first round. But with each passing round, it felt like he just disintegrated a little bit more. He wound up having the 71 in the first round and then a 74 and then a pair of 78s at the back half. So you've got to feel like with his current condition in general, and it certainly could get better. It's a case in which this was his first time out in a very, very long time. So stamina, you figured that it wouldn't necessarily be there because he just hadn't been able to hit a ball a lot in general. But something to watch, especially if you're taking a look at something like the U.S. Open in a few months, is that perhaps you want to be taking a look at him in those first two rounds. And then if you're a Tiger lover, well... You want to be betting the first two rounds of the first two rounds only because then when you wind up getting to the back half of it, much like you wind up seeing this weekend, might be a case in which not profitable when you wind up taking them against so many of these matchups against guys like John Rahm and company. So I do think that that's something that you want to take a look at there. But when it comes to just the game of golf in general, 
I do think that it's going to be intriguing to see how things wind up shaking out moving forward with regards to more of the non-majors as well, because when it comes to Scotty Scheffler, he's been very dominant this year, but we wound up seeing it a little bit more last year as well. You wound up seeing quite a few guys that were relative unknowns be able to step up, win a lot of playoffs. And I do think that that's maybe something to take a look at as well. If Scotty Scheffler is going to experience a little bit of a fall off because I do think that with Scheffler, he's now going to be probably a little bit overvalued in a lot of these tournaments. Now, to Scotty Scheffler's credit, he seems like one of the more consistent players on the on the tour, which that is something that you always want to be taking a look at because with golf, the most difficult thing for a lot of these guys is being able to just not wind up falling into a ditch week in and week out. It's just a, I guess you call it trade in which you're able to really fire on all cylinders a few days. And then when you don't have it, you really don't have it. Being able to have a little bit more of an equilibrium, which is a big thing that Tiger Woods was able to do back in the day, always be able to keep himself in contention. That was massive. And I feel like Scotty Scheffler has quite a bit of that in him. I mean, he's only been able to be on the pro tour ever since 2018. So very massive that he's been able to duplicate that. And when it comes to what we're going to be seeing out of some of these other guys as well, what I think is intriguing is take a look at some of these guys that they aren't in the top 10, but they're guys that have become a little bit more household names like Will Zalatoris. He has now been able to make the top 10 in back-to-back in back-to-back masters. That was very good to be able to see someone like even you wind up going down the list like a Mr. Jason Kokrak. He wanted winning a couple, a couple tournaments last season. He was able to have a relatively decent showing here. He wasn't able to crack the top 10, but was able to cash if he wanted to take a top 20 on him as he wound up having a 71 and a 73 over the weekend as well. And this just makes the game more and more competitive in general because I feel like now more than ever, you are able to take some of these long shots, feel relatively good about them. And when it comes to things like top 10s, top 20s, it's become a little bit more intriguing in general on that aspect as well because you still do have your guys like a Dustin Johnson, which he didn't wind up having like a massive tournament or anything like that, but was still able to crack that top 20. He was very close to a top 10. If he doesn't wind up bogeying at 18, he winds up being able to finish even par. That would have had him as a tie for 10. So I do think that taking a look at guys like this is very intriguing. And when it comes to being able to handicap all this, I do think that you've got yourself a case in which there is a lot to be able to be made with it. And with golf as well, with regards to taking a lot of these tournaments live, it wasn't necessarily the case in this one. We all knew that Scotty Scheffler had this one one going away. I mean, you were able to take a look at Rory McIlroy, the run that he was able to make that was absolutely incredible. But with that said, you knew that Scotty Scheffler was going to be able to get it done. But in future tournaments, you are able to find very good numbers live as well. So I do think that that is going to be something to take a look at for future tournaments as well. But certainly Scotty Scheffler was able to get it done and he was able to look very rock solid. And something that we're going to be talking about with regards to what we wind up seeing this weekend as well is just some of these baseball totals with Dave Tooley. He's going to be coming up here at 7.15 p.m. Pacific time if you're looking out there on the East Coast. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. That'd be 10-15 if you're catching this live, but we wound up seeing in baseball on Saturday the fact that you wound up having one out of 15 games wind up going over the total. If you're taking a look at the Red Sox versus Yankees game that's going on right now, that's a 4-3 to three game. I'll be giving you guys updates as we wind up going along with that, but you always want to be taking a look at just the game of baseball with regards to the beginning of the year versus the summer months because you always want to note that the conditions, they have as much of an effect on baseball as any other sport. I mean, you take a look at the Masters, obviously. Golf, you wind up having big-time aspects with regards to that as well. There are certain guys that they're better at being able to scramble, being able to play in more inclement weather, and there are other guys that they just wind up cratering with that regard as well. So, ironically enough, we're talking about the two sports in which the elements probably come into play the most. But when it comes to baseball, when you wind up having like the wind blowing in, when you wind up having... Things like cold temperatures in the Midwest. Being someone from the state of Wisconsin, I can tell you right now, it is April and it's not necessarily too warm in cities like Minnesota, Chicago, and that leads to a lot of unders. When you wind up getting into the summer months, the humidity the humidity is able to really cause for a lot more to be able to, it causes things to be very much more open with regards to being able to get scoring. You wind up having those balls that would die at the warning track being able to go out. So you want to be taking a look at those aspects as well. We're going to be talking about that and so much more with Dave Tooley. He does a great job over here for us at VSIN of being able to take a look at all these trends. And he joins me next right here on the look at on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're back here on the look at on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and it's great to be joined by our guests. We're able to follow them on Twitter at View from Vegas. Dave Tooley does a great job as a reporter over here at VSIN. Does a great job looking at a little bit of everything. I know that he was dialed into the Masters this weekend. Did a great job reporting upon all the unders that we wind up seeing on Saturday in the MLB as well. List goes on and on. And Dave, it's great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thanks, thanks to be here. Uh, yeah, love, love looking back at what happened on the weekend and then uh, using it to look forward for uh, making more bets. Exactly. You react to what you wind up seeing and then take that information and turn it forward. I think it's just such a great aspect of sports handicapping, not just taking a look back and being like, oh, I'm angry that I wound up losing this, but how do you wind up being able to get a couple win one bets in the future? And obviously when it comes to the Masters, not a lot of intrigue this weekend. You wind up having Scotty Scheffler being able to win this tournament running away. You wound up coming into this thing. Number one in the world was lighting it up in 2022. And that has not changed as of right now. What do you make out of this? Because I've just been noticing in golf recently in general, it feels like we've had quite a few guys go on like four to six really hot month stretches. And then they wind up cooling off a little bit. Scotty Scheffler, in my opinion, might be a little bit different because he just seems very consistent, but I make no mistake about it. Scheffler has been absolutely tremendous this season, and 
I think that it's really intriguing to take a look at what he's going to be doing in the future because his game just seems to line up to where he's never going to be truly giving you a clunker in a tournament. Yeah, it sure looks that way. But again, you know, through history, we've we've seen that a lot. I mean, obviously, you know, Tiger had his huge run, extended run <laughs> for years. But, uh, you know, Jordan Spieth looked unbeatable uh, early in his career. Rory, McElroy, you know, and uh, but yeah, there's there's so much depth on the tour right now. I think I think I think the PGA Tour, you know, even if Tiger hadn't come back, is is maybe as strong as it's ever been. I mean, you know, every, you know, on our own network, everybody leading up to the tournament, you know, you could go 40, 50 golfers deep that people that people liked and thought had legitimate shots to win. And yeah, kind of ironic that the uh, the obvious choice, <laughs> who was available at sixteen to one. Uh, before the tournament uh, last last week, uh, Scotty Scheffler wins it going away. I you know, had by five strokes after Thursday. Um, you know, moved to odds on favorite. Uh, yeah, last April, when uh, uh, the Westgate first put up the odds, uh, uh, he was sixty to one. But uh, obviously, obviously, it's only it's only been these past couple of months that he's uh, ascended to number one in the world, and uh, his, his odds were. Uh, you know, dropping leading up to the tournament, but uh, yeah, the the books uh, got beaten up a little bit uh, with the Tiger Woods props. Uh, you know, everyone jumped on, on the uh, on him to make the cut and his under first round score. But uh, I, I think they made out okay with uh, you know because none of the bets on him to make the top ten or top twenty, uh, none none of those cashed. Um, another another interesting thing I want to note: uh, the over under uh, winning score. Was two seventy seven and a half, and uh, and Scheffler actually went over that. He uh, <laughs> he had a couple of putts there at the end that uh, that put him over it. Uh, his final score was a ten under two seventy eight. But uh, well, for people that bet the under uh, lowest score of the uh, lowest round of the tournament, uh, had to wait until Sunday when Rory had the sixty four uh, <laughs> eight under sixty four today. Uh, to make that huge run from uh, plus one to minus seven to uh, to put a little pressure on Scheffler, but uh, no, Scheffler was the was the man. Yep, certainly. And Rory McIlroy, a big, I guess you call it momentum booster moving forward, because when you wind up shooting a 64 at Augusta, you know what? That's going to be able to help you out. And something that's helping you out if you're betting on baseball right now is. If you wound up taking unders on Saturday, it was absolutely massive. I know that you were taking a look at this. I was as well. I like taking a lot of unders early on during the baseball season because when it comes to places like the Midwest, the Northeast, it's very cold. Balls that would typically go out in the summertime, they die at the warning track, and boy, did they wind up dying on Saturday as you wound up seeing one game wind up going over the total. You had between 13 and 14 unders, depending upon your closing number with regards to a game or two in the back half, but... What do you make out of what we've seen first few days of the baseball season? Because I typically think that this is a good time for unders, and right now that is certainly the case. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. To look, you know, look first uh, for for unders early in the season. Uh, but yeah, was a little surprised because uh, you know on Saturday, you know, we we weren't seeing any aces anymore. We were seeing you know second and third starters, and <laughs> but the uh, the score, the offense was way 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 down. Yeah, the, you know, the only over was the. The Cubs nine nothing win over the Brewers that had a total of seven and a half, and the uh, the push was the Cardinals six to two over the Pirates uh, with with a total of eight. But the the overs did bounce back a little bit today, so we saw a little bit of market correction. Uh, overs are eight five and one 
on the day uh, with the Boston uh, Yankees game pending with an over-under of eight and a half. And they're in the bottom of the eighth with the Red Sox leading four to three right now. So unless, you know, someone scores a couple of runs here to put it over, there'll be another under, but uh, yeah, over is eight, five and one on the day, but unders overall are 26, 19 and three, 57.8% going into this game. Yep. And what I also think is very intriguing is that we know that there's going to be a lot of people when it comes to baseball that they wind up making a little bit more than they should out of the first series of the season. I still go back to what we wound up seeing in 2021. Boston Red Sox wind up getting swept by the Baltimore Orioles. I think everyone that wound up taking the under on Boston Red Sox season wins, they were ready to cash your tickets. And, well, they were <laughs> rudely they, uh, awaiting them. Rudely was the fact that the Boston Red Sox from there, they were able to do a very solid job. And I do think that this is a place in which you are able to find some value. These teams that they wind up struggling the first series of the season. Maybe you wind up having a team that you're a little bit bearish on. You're thinking, oh, that wound up backing it up. You wind up getting a little bit too attached to them. I think that that is an important aspect to take a look at with baseball as well. I'm not sure what your thoughts are there, but I think that there's going to be a lot of value on the teams that wind up struggling first series of the season in series number two. Yeah, like like the you know, the Angels had to go up against the Astros, you know, yeah, t- teams like that. Yeah, the you know what you're talking about is very similar similar to what we see. You know, the first week of NFL, you know, <laughs> you know, a, a team wins and everyone's like, oh, they're heading to the playoffs. The team loses and <laughs> everyone's down on them and thinking the quarterback needs to be changed. <laughs> and it's like you know, pump the brakes a little bit. And uh, yeah, go and go into the next week with a level head and uh, <laughs> try and try and handicap that way instead of uh, just overreacting to the first thing you see on the season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we all remember to your football reference, the Green Bay Packers, where it's like, oh, they're 0 and 1. Aaron Rodgers looked terrible against the New Orleans Saints. Yep, he clearly does not care and everything like that. And <laughs> well, that wound up not necessarily working out the best for those that were looking to fade <laughs> moving forward, but. Taking a look at something else I know that you're diving into as well. The playing tournament for the NBA, relatively set as we're doing this right now. We do have a couple ancillary games that are being wrapped up, but we know out there in the East, it is going to be the Brooklyn Nets who wind up getting the seven seed against the eight seed in the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then Hawks and the Hornets are going to be rounding that out as the nine and 10 seeds. And I think that it's going to be very fascinating to see what we wind up getting with regards to this playing tournament. These matchups are now relatively set and, when it comes down to it, I do think that the biggest thing that we want to be taking a look at is the Brooklyn Nets because right now in the East, they are number two still on the futures board. I've been someone that disagrees with that a little bit, but when it comes to the playing tournament, I think that things actually broke rather favorably for the Brooklyn Nets because they're most likely going to be going up against the Boston Celtics moving forward. And if we do wind up getting that sort of a matchup, if they wind up playing against the Celtics, I do think that they've got a relatively good opportunity to be able to make some noise. Yeah, but they got to get there first. I mean, yep. that is obviously the danger of the playing tournament, just like the major league wildcard game. Uh, you yeah, you got to get in it to win it. And I'm uh, again, I, I think they're probably going to survive on Tuesday night against the Cavaliers, but I'm taking the Cavaliers plus the eight points. Uh, the Cavaliers have been good to me pretty much all, all season, especially early in the season. They, they cooled off, but uh Again, I, th- I think eight points is too many to, for the Nets to be laying, you know, especially because, you know, everyone's just expecting the Nets to just uh, flip the switch, you know, <laughs> and with Kyrie back. And, yeah, I'm not necessarily, you know, sure that they're going to blow them out. So, yeah, I, 
Of the four uh, games, Tuesday and Wednesday, I like the Cavaliers plus eight the best. Yep, I cannot disagree with you there. I feel like the Nets have been a little bit overvalued all season long. It's a case in which I just still take a look at the odds board. Them being number two out there in the East doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You've obviously got a lot of talent with this team, but it has just not been able to come to fruition in general. We saw underdogs have a little bit of a dip the last few days in general in the NBA, but here in the final 45 seconds, what are you taking a look at with regards to the NBA postseason? Because West, obviously you've got a couple juggernaut teams, but out East seems very wide open. Yeah, I'm mostly going to take it series by series. I don't have, I don't, I don't do any future betting in the NBA, but uh, but yeah. So you know, the playing games are mostly what I'm looking at right now. Again, like the Cavaliers plus eight against the Nets. Um, I'm, I might also play the Spurs plus five against the Pelicans on Wednesday, but I'm still uh, doing my work on my two least takes today column, which will be up in the morning. I love it. I am going to be taking a look a little bit more series by series as well. I'm not much of a futures guy, but a man that he always takes it day by day and he always wins a day. That would be Dave Tooley. Does an absolutely terrific job over here at Beeson. Big thanks to him for joining me right here on The Look at it. Coming up next, we head to the Rampart and talk to Dwayne Clucci right here on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This segment of The Look At is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. It is a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and they're available in 10 varieties and two strengths, so that way you can easily find the satisfaction level. That is perfect for you. Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit ZYN.com slash find to be able to locate the store that is nearest you. That is ZYN.com slash find. Warning, this is a product that contains nicotine. Nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. As We're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and Dwayne Clucci is one of the friendliest men that you're going to find out here in the lovely city of Las Vegas. You're able to follow him on Twitter at NYBookieDwayne. Does a great job over there at the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. And Dwayne, great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Greg. It's really a pleasure to join you tonight. It is great to have you aboard. And Dwayne got to ask you because we wound up seeing a Masters Sunday come and go. Obviously, it wasn't a great day for Tiger Woods on Sunday, but him being able to make the cut made a lot of people I wound up betting on him, I'm sure, very, very happy. What sort of action did you wind up taking overall, and how did you wind up faring? Yeah, we had a ton of Tiger action. That's a great point, Greg. And, you know, we were looking at a huge liability if he did happen to win the Masters. And, you know, the odds were really stacked against Tiger just because of the health and the car injury. But a true credit to a true champion, which he is. I mean, he came out and shot a 71, 74 on the second day and made the cut. Definitely, you know, there was some uh, impact with that on the betting market. And we had super handle overall. And uh, we definitely did. Yeah, you know, not overwhelmingly well, but we did well at the Rampart and South Point, ended up ahead. And, uh, you know, uh, Shefflett, a number one uh, golfer in the world, comes through 271s to close it out in rounds three and four, and a 278 total score, which I've seen some of the shops had actually in the 277 range. So uh, the bookmakers had that right on, dead on. And uh, Rory made a nice little run today, shot a fabulous 64. And there was some excitement, but uh, definitely Scotty led start to finish and dominated this tournament basically. Yeah, he completely did. And just moving forward, Scotty Scheffler, what do you expect seeing from the betting market? Because 
I mean, we've seen it where things have been much more jam-packed with regards to golf towards the top of the leaderboard. You're not going to find as much separation as when Tiger was in his heyday, but Scheffler has really been on fire this calendar year. Now he winds up winning the Masters after he had already won a couple tournaments earlier this year. Do you think that there's going to be quite a bit of shading when you wind up having things like the Open Championship and the U.S. Open on Scheffler? Yeah, definitely, Greg, just because of his consistency overall. And it was his first major, but he's been so consistent overall and the number one golfer, like I said. So, yeah, definitely there's going to be some shading when it comes to Scotty Scheffler. Definitely a lot of action. And you don't want to get hurt with a guy of this caliber playing at a top level. Uh, You know, it's good to see also Rory. He definitely merits a lot of futures action no matter what tournament he's in. And as long as he could play at a top level, he'll definitely also merit merit some uh, action from uh, the other side of the counter. So, yeah, definitely a lot of handle on golf lately, and definitely it has come to the forefront as a major futures uh, perspective sports betting sport. Yeah, it's been absolutely incredible to take a look at this as well. And now having more top five, top 10, top 20s has made it much more intriguing because when you wind up having something like we wind up seeing on Saturday, Sunday with the Masters, I mean, you'd love to see Scotty Scheffler be able to get a comfortable win, but you sort of know he's going to be number one. But when you still got those sweats when it comes to the top 10, top 20, does make it all the more intriguing. And what else is intriguing is taking a look at what we're going to be getting in the NBA as well because we've got things set with regards to the postseason. We now know who's going to be in, who's going to be out. And, well, you don't have to wind up taking any more money on the L.A. Lakers, which that is, I guess you'd call it a little bit of a negative because – Anyone who wanted betting Lakers futures, well, that was dead on impact. But with that said, we've got the playing tournament all set now. And when it comes to things entering into the NBA postseason, how are things looking? Because I mean, in a lot of books, you still have the Nets being the number two team out east with regards to both odds to be able to win the title and odds to be able to win the conference itself. And I think that that is a important aspect to take a look at because the Nets, they have a lot of promise, but at the same time, it hasn't necessarily been able to come out in the form of wins yet. Well, I think it's just Greg Buzz uh, on the overall roster itself, just because you have the intrigue of Kyrie Irving finally getting the uh, COVID-19 situation under control. You also have Kevin Durant, who was injured a lot, uh, a big portion of the season. So I wouldn't definitely say that the Nets have a lot to do. They have a lot to prove. And if Ben Simmons could play, it definitely enhances their uh, defensive uh, liabilities. So the Nets are an eight-point favorite at the Rampart South Point on the play-in game against the Cavaliers, but they have a lot to do, definitely. And I think they can do it. I think this is a roster that has superstar power, and they, like you said, a major attraction all season in the futures market, and definitely a top two or three betting in our futures market at the Rampart and South Point. So I think the Nets have an excellent chance, but there's a lot to be said and done. The Eastern Conference is really stacked, Greg, when you look at it. I mean, top to bottom, uh, the Miami Heat are stacked. They're ready to play. The Bucs, definitely Giannis, ready to defend the title, and the Celtics had that incredible run. I mean, they 
they had the greatest second half out of all the NBA teams, Eastern and Western Conference, and they finished in the top three. So definitely, I think the Celtics are going to be tough to beat if they could carry this momentum now 20 games over 500. And then you have Harden and uh, Embiid. So great. This is just going to be fabulous on the Eastern Conference. But like you said, definitely the Lakers not being involved hurts our handle at the Rampart and South Point. I'm going to definitely admit it. I wish they would have got in there at least for the play-in so we could have got a couple of games out of them. And so disappointing with such a stacked roster. But I think it was an older roster and a lot of individual players. And they never seemed cohesive. They uh, definitely leaned on LeBron. And LeBron provided a lot of excitement this year. An MVP caliber season. But Davis was hurt. He got no support. Westbrook really played poorly, even though he led the Lakers in most categories, Greg. So, you know, definitely it hurts us from a perspective of handle in the playoffs. But we do suck up that future money, like you said, that was definitely prominent in the Western Conference. Yep, and when it comes to the Lakers, you're no longer going to be able to take bets on them until we wind up seeing the 22-23 season. But what we wind up seeing in the final week of the NBA regular season as well is just a whole boatload of favorites because we all remember a few years ago back before the NBA draft lottery was changed around, we wound up having good old Tankapalooza where there was a lot of money line parlays on the favorites and they were just coming through night in and night out because everyone wanted to get their hands on Zion Williamson and the last seven days in the NBA, we've been seeing a lot of favorites being able to come through as well. A lot of teams that they decide, you know what, we're out of it for the play-in tournament. We're going to wind up giving some of our younger guys a little bit of an opportunity, a.k.a. we want more ping-pong balls in the hopper. They want it coming out 38-7 and with a couple games pending. Is how favorites did straight up with regards to the last seven days in the NBA. Did you wind up noticing just a little bit more action in general on some of these top key money line favorites with regards to maybe straight up bets and parlays just on these favorites? Oh, definitely, Greg. We took it on the chin. I mean, when you start getting trends of favorites just coming in, and one night I think the, it was almost perfect against the spread. It was definitely a liability at the Rampart South Point. And we did lose a little bit, and you do start to see people follow these trends, especially favorites. Everybody loves a favorite, and favorites are very popular at uh, you know our shop and uh, across the betting market. So definitely it was a little adverse, but you know, now the playoffs come around and you're going to see some upsets. You're going to see a high competition level. I really am anticipating a great handle NBA and NHL. I'm just hoping that the Vegas golden Knights could squeak in because they're having their own problems. And if you take the Lakers and the Vegas golden Knights out of our handle equation, it definitely hurts. I'll be the first to tell you as a bookmaker. So it definitely will hurt more than the favorites just rolling home. Greg, but it did hurt the last couple of days, and uh, we're keeping an eye on it. We'll make the sharp adjustments, and here come the playoffs. We can't wait. Yep, certainly. You're going to probably need the Golden Knights to be able to make the postseason, so that way there's a little bit more interest level with regards to hockey out here in Las Vegas, and in the final minute or so, baseball is now back as well. First series of the season in the books for a lot of these teams. What sort of action did you wind up seeing, and did the bevy of unders that you wind up seeing on Saturday wind up helping you guys out? 
Yeah, it was definitely interesting to see all those unders because everybody's talking about the live ball and the uh, high scoring and the home run hitting. But a lot of teams, uh, you know, came out. They were strong. The Yankees looked very strong. The Mets, both the New York teams. And there was some nice backing with them behind the windows. And, you know, it, it was good to see baseball and the landscape come back. And especially the sharp guys, you know, trying to get down, trying to move those lines. And definitely it's great to have baseball back. A lot of people were betting a mix on those totals, Greg, so I ain't going to say that it really helped us because we did have a lot of guys that were playing the unders because you do have a lot of sharp pitchers that go early on in those first uh, definitely couple of series and it's, uh, you know, a lot of guys come out tentative as well. You saw the Dodgers, they couldn't really hit the ball too well and uh, a lot of low averages, but it's early in the season. Don't worry about it and there's going to be a lot of trends, there's going to be a lot of action and it's great to see that baseball is playing and we didn't have that strike or anything because uh, it's just great to have that handle. It is certainly great, and it's always great to have Dwayne on VEASAN. And coming up next, we're going to take a look at some MLB trends right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. This is the look ahead on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything that you need to bet on baseball this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for just $19. Our all-new MLB guide at vcin.com is available now, and Adam Burke has his futures, team previews, and best bets for all 30 teams. Jason Weigarten, he's got you some MLB futures bets, trends, and so much more. Sign up today, and you'll be able to get full access to vcin through the NFL draft. That is for just $19. And that is at VEASAN.com slash spring. As we're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Eubes Pearson, and wound up having a pair of great guests join me here in the last two segments. Swain Colucci does a great job over there at the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. He joined me just a few minutes ago. And then in the previous segment to that, Dave Tooley does amazing work over here at VEASAN, being able to track a little bit of everything that we've got in the sports betting world. He joined me. We want to take a look at just some trends that we wound up seeing with regards to the Masters and so much more so. Big thanks to them for joining me these last two segments. And we were talking about a little bit with both gentlemen. The fact that we have been seeing some MLB trends as well. We've got one game that is currently pending on Sunday. So we're able to give you a relatively full stack as to the first series of the season. Now, some of these are. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are going to be lingering into Monday. You've got games like the Pittsburgh Pirates and the St. Louis Cardinals. They're going to be going down for Monday. So, you do have a couple series that they are going to be continuing on, but both teams they are through at the very least the bulk of their first series of the season. And 
you have seen right around 58% of games going under with Yankees versus Red Sox spending 26 unders, 19 overs, and seen a couple pushes along the way as well. And if you're taking a look at the run line as well, I think that what has really stood out to me this season is the amount of one-run games that you've seen that has decided the run line because favorites with regards to the money line, they are 28 and 19, hitting right around 59.5%. But if you're looking at favorites on the run line, they are 20 and 28. So just doing the simple math there, that means that favorites, well, they have had eight games in which they have won by only one run, and that winds up costing you the run line, the Atlanta Braves. They were two of these if you want to be relying upon Will Smith and Kenley Jansen to be able to cash your ticket. That certainly is not the case, and I do think that it always gets to be intriguing when you take a look at just betting the money line versus a run line because it is a little bit of a tedious process because you don't want to be finding yourself in a situation where you're laying like $2 on some of these teams. Like if you look at A's versus the Tampa Bay Rays, for example, laying like a buck 95 to minus $2 with someone like a Luis Patino, that's something that you probably don't want to be taking part in. Meanwhile, if you're betting on like Paul Blackburn, for instance, for the Oakland A's, you know that he's certainly not going to be cashing your ticket probably north of 50% of the time either. So it does leave you in a little bit of an intriguing circumstance there. And I do think that it is a case in which you've got to be weighing whether or not the team is at home or on the road, which is why when you take a look at these money lines versus run line sort of splits, it is a case in which the home team, you're always going to be able to find a little bit more of a plus price on them. Let's try to find something that as a relatively equal split with regards to what we're going to be seeing on Monday. How about if we wind up going with the Angels versus Miami Marlins and the Brewers versus the Baltimore Orioles? Like the Brewers right now at DraftKings, you're finding them right around a minus 145 favorite. The Angels, they are the home team, whereas the Brewers are the road team, both minus 145 favorites. But you'll see on the run line with the Brewers, who are the road team, they are going to be able to get their at-bats in the ninth inning. You're finding them at DraftKings at a plus 105. Meanwhile, the Angels, they're a plus 135 now. A little bit of an aspect with this as well is that you could probably expect relatively equal scoring with this as well. Like the Brewers total, you're finding that at nine. You're finding in the Marlins versus the Angels game, a nine and a half with juice on the under. So you don't necessarily have a big discrepancy there. And that's a part of the run line price that you're able to take a look at as well, because let's call it what it is. When you wind up having a total of day seven, seven and a half, that means that they're expecting less scoring in the game. So that means it's a little bit harder to win by two when, you wind up having a grand total of seven or eight runs in the game. Meanwhile, if they're expecting a little bit more of a slugfest, you wind up having that total north of nine, a little bit easier to be able to cover that as well. So I do think that that is an aspect to take a look at moving forward with regards to betting on baseball that is very unique to the sport because in NHL, you do have the puck line, but typically when a team is down by one, two goals, they wind up being able to pull the goalie. You wind up having your opportunity to be able to cash that ticket if you are on the team as laying a goal and a half they're up by a goal with a minute remaining meanwhile in baseball it's the exact opposite because the team that's leading they're actually going to be trading runs for outs so i do think that that is always an intriguing aspect of baseball that you always want to be taking a look at moving forward and i did wind up mentioning the atlanta braves the fact that they have not been able to cash on the run line with regards to a few games that we've seen this season and that's ironically enough, the one game that is off the board. So if you were looking at betting the Washington Nationals versus the Atlanta Braves, you're probably going to be able to expect this up in the early a.m. Anibal Sanchez was supposed to go for the Washington Nationals. He's anti-air quotes here. Doubtful to be making this start. I guess that means that he's not completely out, but 
Don't expect to get Anibal Sanchez from a lot of places I've been hearing, and I'm just looking at people on Twitter. And if you're looking for some good sources to be able to just search in general as to what you might wind up getting with regards to some of these starters, because we know that bullpen games are going to become much more prevalent in the MLB. You're not going to see them the first couple weeks of the season, but if you're having any sort of a question, I always say just type in the player's name into the Twitter search bar, and this is really good for any sport in general. All of you guys that are taking a look at, like, the NFL, will player X, player Y wind up playing when it comes to college basketball, especially where you've got 358 D1 teams, you're wondering, oh, well, insert your player here, wind up being able to take the floor or not. You always want to just type them into the Twitter search bar because I've always found that Every one of the team's beat writers and beat reporters, they are out there on social media. And these guys' names being searchable always helps you be able to shore up those things. So that'll be something that you want to do with regards to the Nationals versus Atlanta Braves game. But you also take a look out there in that division as well. Going into the season, Mets in a lot of spots, they were the number two team out there in the NL East with regards to the odds board. And they're going to be facing off against the number three team. In the NL East coming into the season, that would be Phillies versus Mets. This is 953-954 on the betting board. And got Diamond Walker going for the Mets. And you've got Rangers for us going for the Philadelphia Phillies. And I think that this is a nice game to take a look at with regards to is there going to be recency bias out there or not? Because Phillies, they find themselves minus 140 to minus 150 favorites. Meanwhile, they're finding the Mets anywhere between about a plus 130, seeing as high as a plus 137 with a total of seven. And when it comes to Rangers for us, he could not have closed the year any better. It's just an interesting run. They wanted going on towards back half of last season because he was an interesting prospect with regards to Phillies organization prior to last year. He had gotten a little bit of a taste of the MLB, but had never really been able to crack in and been able to really give this team, I guess you'd call it much other than a little bit of mop-up duty, be able to come in, be able to fill a couple innings, be, I think in a couple cases, a spot starter, especially in that 2018 season. Meanwhile, Taiwan Walker was a little bit of an acquisition for the New York Mets. And for Taiwan Walker, he actually wound up being an all-star for the Mets last season. And then after the all-star break in right around 62, 63 innings, wound up giving up 20, count them 20 home runs after he wound up having a great start to the season. Meanwhile, take a look at Ranger Suarez, guy that wound up beginning his season out there in the bullpen. He wound up getting starts in pretty much his last 12 games of the season that he wound up seeing action in. Don't look at the three and two record because he pitched a whole heck of a lot better than that with a buck 51 ERA as a starter at 12 starts. Gave up one home run in 65 and two thirds innings. Now, when you wind up seeing numbers like this, you got to figure that there's going to be a little bit of regression. There are pitchers that they do a better job of being able to limit our contact. They do a nice job of being able to just keep themselves live, not wind up making any boneheaded mistakes like Someone that winds up walking like five guys per nine innings. That's something that you don't necessarily want in Rangers Wars. Certainly did a solid job with that. 19 walks, 65 and two-thirds innings. You're certainly going to take that any day of the week, but you always have to figure that there's going to be a little bit of regression and progression. But that said, I do think that you are seeing Rangers Wars really come into his own. And I think that this National League East is going to be intriguing because you did wind up seeing the Mets win their first few games of the series against the Washington Nationals. And I mean, the lineup looked relatively solid. Pete Alonso under the radar, had the most home runs on the road of any player in baseball last season. But I do take a look at this Philadelphia Phillies team, bringing in Nick Cassianos, bringing in Kyle Schwarber. That makes this team a little bit of a depth star when it comes to the outfield that teams are going to have to face. These guys are very good on the offensive side of things. Now, 
a little bit of a liability on defense, but you're certainly going to be training that any day of the weekend. The big thing for the Philadelphia Phillies is they wound up addressing the one thing that has cost them time and time again. That would be the bullpen. Corey Knable, Brad Ann, they are now in place, so it doesn't need to be Rangers for us. And then coming in in the eighth inning, you're going to have someone like Daniel De Los Santos. They no longer have Hector Neris on the roster. Matt, give me some more, and he would never give you some more. These are guys that really wound up hurting the Phillies in past years. And with the Mets, they do wind up losing a couple guys from their bullpen. Guys like Aaron Loop, Jurisic Familia, no longer being in the fold, I think winds up hurting them a little bit now. I personally want to wait on a little bit of a line move if you're going to be taking a look at the Philadelphia Phillies. This opened up in a lot of places right around a minus 145. We've seen some wind up moving up, some wind up moving down. I have this handicapped of minus 142 personally, but I do think that both of these guys are going to be able to do a solid job. I think that the under trend continues. Semi-total more around is 7.9, so I'm going to be looking at the under of nine runs. So we're going to dive into a little bit more baseball here on the show, but coming up next, got to dive into these NBA play-in tournament games next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. If you... If you... 